Welcome to the podcast. Today I want to talk about the most blessed relationship two people can have. It doesn't matter the context. It doesn't matter who the two people are. It could be siblings, obviously. It could be a man and a wife. It can be church members. It can be anywhere two people are gathered. I want to talk about how to have the most blessed relationship you can have. Being a Christian is not all you need to have satisfying relationships if your Christianity does not connect you deeply with God and with other people. I hear this all the time where folks, well, I mean, they are Christians. We are Christians, and the assumption is because we are Christians, everything's going to be okay. No, it's not. Christianity is a cooperative endeavor. We must cooperate with each other. We must cooperate with God. The Christian experience is spiritual first and functional second. If you are not connected spiritually, your function will be religion and nothing more. Welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Your Daily Drive. I am Rick Thomas. You can find me at rickthomas.net. Perhaps as you're listening to this podcast, you're thinking, I need to talk to him. Well, that's great. I want to talk with you. What you need to do is you need to come to our public forums and ask your questions there. They're free. Get your username and password, and you'll be unique. And it'll also guard us from spam and the evil people in our world. And so with your username and password, which you can get from our website, you can get on our free public forum, and that's all you have to do. There is no catch. If you are a supporting member of our ministry, God bless you. May your kind increase. We have a private forum that you can get on and ask your questions there, and we would love to interact with you as well. If you want to read this podcast, go to rickthomas.net. Look for the article, The Most Blessed Relationship Two People Can Have. We have a search box. You just type some version of that in the search box and you'll be fine. It'll come up probably on the on the first page. Just type blessed relationship or most blessed relationship and that will get you to this article and you can read it. You can share it with your friends. You can print it off. You can use it. You can teach from it in your Sunday school class and that would be wonderful. Just tell people where you got it and that would be good. Did you know every year we reach hundreds of thousands of lives globally? This year, we will reach over one million individuals with the practical gospel of Jesus Christ. We help these people by providing practical tools and ongoing training for effective living. Through written resources, audio broadcast. Equipping videos and interactive forums, the Lord is impacting lives through this ministry. Will you partner with us to help continue this fantastic gospel adventure? You may donate or become a supporting member of our community by going to our website. For as little as $5 each month, you can provide practical tools for hurting souls. If you are a local church, will you support our missional endeavors around the world? 
whatever you can give will help this ministry and it will change lives. Thank you so much for letting us serve you. It is our privilege and our joy to do that. And I am really grateful for those of you who do support this ministry. You really don't know, even though I say it from time to time, but you really don't know all that you are doing. The people that God is connecting our ministry to is absolutely amazing. And for those of you who support it, you're making it happen. And with much gratitude, I say thank you. Let's talk about this article, The Most Blessed Relationship Two People Can Have. When Biff and Mabel were married, they appeared to be the perfect pair. They were high school sweethearts and were virtually inseparable. They went to the same church and kept themselves pure throughout their courtship. After marriage, Biff went into the ministry. Fantastic for Biff. And Mabel was excited to be married to her preacher man, as she would say. They were best friends who enjoyed doing things together. Then life happened. Initially, it was their jobs. Then came the bills. There were a couple of unexpected medical emergencies that set them back. And by year five, they had two children. Mabel quit her public job to become a 24-7 full-time mom. I laugh because I remember before I came home, working out of the home, when I worked outside of the home, I came home in 2003 and been working at home since then for a long time now, but prior to that, I really didn't have much of an idea what Lucia was doing. I just thought everything was perfect at 5 o'clock because it normally was. I did not realize that between 7 and 5 o'clock it was It was dysfunction. It was orchestrated dysfunction. That's why I laugh. Mabel quit her public job to become a mom, and I'm not grandstanding here to all the moms in the world, but it is true. It's one of the hardest jobs you'll ever have. But they both agreed that this was the right thing to do, and they never saw it coming. By the time the second child arrived, Biff and Mabel had already drifted apart. They were civil to each other, but the marriage had evolved into a business partnership rather than a spiritually dynamic marriage. Biff and Mabel's scenario can happen to any couple in today's culture. It's called Life Happens. The bad news is when life does happen, couples do not know how to adjust. They don't know how to respond to each other, and more importantly, and sadly, They do not know how to respond to God. One of the things that I've seen with Christian couples is an, let's say, quote, assumed relationship with God, end quote. The husband assumes his wife has a relationship with God. The wife believes her husband has a relationship with God. Neither one of them is actively involved in each other's spiritual lives, even though they both attend separate Bible studies and rarely miss their local church meetings. These Christian activities have become nothing more than feel-good social gatherings with a sprinkling of Bible on top. Biff and Mabel made no plans to become spiritually intrusive with each other, or with their friends. In fact, I have an article here. I would encourage you to read it. If you go inside this one, there's an article linked, 
and the title of it is The Benefit of Being Biblically Intrusive in Your Relationships. And I would encourage you to read that article because it's hugely important. This case study that I'm sharing with you represents some of the most common patterns for people with marriage problems that end in divorce. There is an appearance of sanctification, but in truth, it is more like group participation in the customs of religion that has no transformative power. Being transparent and vulnerable about their true selves is hard for Biff and Mabel. They do not have this kind of relationship with each other or with their friends, though Mabel has been more honest with her friends, but she's not married to them. She is one flesh with Biff. No matter how much she is invigorated by being with her friends, she has a disease in her one flesh body. Her relationship with her friends only highlights the problems in her marriage as they remind her what she is missing. I've shared this story before, but I remember when I was working on a church staff many years ago, a lady left her Tuesday morning Bible study, and as she was going down the hall and out the door, she stopped by my office. She knocked on the door. I opened, and she was crying. She had a wonderful Bible study experience with the women uh, that Tuesday morning. And even though it was good, it, it just reminded her of what she didn't have with her husband. And she appealed to me to talk to her husband because basically I'm not writing about her and her husband here. But as I said earlier, this is a common experience with so many couples and it was common with them Biff and Mabel can only rehabilitate their marriage when Biff, Mabel, and God enter into a threefold relationship. Now, that sentence is key to everything that I'm going to say from this point forward. Biff, Mabel, and God must enter into a threefold triangulated relationship. And this process won't happen by attending more church services or by participating in additional Bible studies. Their primary problem is not about the church. It's not about the Bible. The issue in view here is about a couple and the Lord and how they relate to each other. They do not have a perichoretic relationship, this triangulated relationship where they are deeply interacting spiritually with each other. The church in the Bible can facilitate their spiritual relationship. I'm not saying that we, sh we should throw the church and the Bible out because we need the church and the Bible. But their problem is that they don't have a spiritual relationship with each other. And that's why I opened the podcast by saying being Christian is not all you need to have satisfying relationships. If your Christianity does not connect you deeply with God and others, the Christian experience is spiritual first and functional second. And if you're not connected spiritually, your function, your behaviorism, it will be rote religion and nothing more. And so their primary problem, it is, it's not about the church and the Bible. Only when they revive the spiritual dysfunction in their one fleshness 
Will the church and the Bible be able to help them? At this point, the church and the Bible are like pouring water on a duck's back. You have to change the duck so it can absorb the water. Biff and Mabel have to change to receive the ongoing and mutual benefit of the many means of grace that can help them mature into a God-centered, one-flesh union. This change begins with a spiritual transformation of their hearts. They are spiritual beings. A spiritual being created them, Biff and Mabel, in his image, in their image, God, Father, and, uh, or Father, Son, and Spirit. God designed them to relate to him and each other spiritually. This type of community or koinonia is how the first couple functioned. It was when Adam and Eve decided to break up their trifold relationship with God that things went wrong for them. The missing piece that will kill any marriage is when God, the husband, and the wife are not dynamically involved with each other in a deeply committed spiritual way. This spiritual malfunction is what happened to Biff and Mabel. The busyness of life and the ministry put them on a path that sucked the spiritual sustenance out of them. They never saw it coming because they were, quote, in the ministry, end quote, as though the ministry insulates a couple from trouble. In time, they were doing ministry by rote rather than by relationship. It was a form of Christianity that was devoid of the power they needed to keep, keep them spiritually in tune with God and each other. Their trifold relationship began to drift from each other. You have to diagnose the triangle. It is a simple matter to diagnose a broken marriage. You only have to ask a few questions to get at the heart of what has gone wrong between a couple and the Lord. I want to share with you five straightforward queries that you can use to assess your marriage as well as the marriages of your friends. I would encourage you to go get this article, minimally copy and paste these five statements Paste them somewhere and just start asking them. Use these five questions in your small group. The answer to these questions will give you an accurate picture of how a marriage is thriving. I'm not kidding here. Take these and use them. First of all, use them yourself and with your most important relationship. If you're married, that's with your spouse. If you're not married and have children, maybe with your children. If you're not married with another friend, but with each question, give specific and detailed answers. Avoid Christian speak by all means and avoid ambiguity. Focus more on being practical rather than theoretical. And above all, be honest. Here they are. Husband, we'll start with you. Describe your relationship with the Lord. Take about five minutes and describe your relationship with the Lord. That diagnostic question will give you a ton of information if the person is being vulnerable, transparent, honest. Number two, wife, describe your relationship with the Lord. Number three, both of you describe your marital relationship with 
the Lord. Now, this is not your individual, personal, unique relationship with the Lord, but it's the blending of your one flesh union, both of you together, how you interact with God, how y'all talk about God, how God is such a dynamic part of your conversation, your communication, how you interact with each other. Describe your marital relationship with the Lord. And then number four, husband, describe your involvement with your wife's relationship with the Lord. How are you spurring her on to, to loving good deeds? How you are uh, doing all the one another's in the New Testament? How are you helping her to mature as you are helping her mature? And what that means is you're understanding her. You're getting into her business you're discipling her is what I'm talking about. And the more that you do that, the more that you enhance your relationship with her and your relationship with God. And you, you're you not only diagnosing the triangle, but you're making it as robust as it can possibly be. You probably anticipate point number five. Wife, describe your involvement with your husband's relationship with the Lord. These are five profound statements that will get at the heart of a husband and a wife's relationship with each other and with God. And if there are breakdowns within these questions and how they practically answer these questions, then there are going to be problems short term. And if they don't take care of the problems, they will most definitely be long term. Your answers will reveal your spiritual interest and your intentionality with the Lord and with your spouse. You cannot be disconnected spiritually and expect your marriage to be okay. These questions go beyond the activities that you do together, the jobs you have, or the respective events you engage with each other. This is not about going to the ball game together. It's not about that at all. This is how you are engaging each other. This is spiritual, spiritual first, function second. Your answer should not be, we go to church together. I've already addressed the problem with going to church while having a spiritually distant relationship with each other and God. These questions are spiritual. They represent the foundation of your marriage the most critical aspect of your life and how you answer them will determine the quality of your relationship and whether you will be able to persevere as a married couple joyfully. These questions reveal the systemic core to all marriage problems. If a couple has communication problems, which is typically how they come in for marriage, we have communication problems, it means there is something broken in their spiritual lives. If a couple has financial issues, it says there is something afoul at the level of their hearts, financial problems at their root or spiritual problems. You name the problem in any marriage and you can trace it back to its core the couple's trifold relationship with God. And if you fix this core problem, which is spiritual, you'll be able to resolve all the other issues in their marriage. Or if you can't resolve them as far as removing them, they will be able to appropriate the grace in each other's lives so that they can persevere in whatever situational difficulty they may be in. Once a man's wonderfulness begins to wear off, or the wife's beauty begins to fade, you'll have to find something else to be excited about in the relationship. The culture's solution for this is to make more money so they can spend more money. 
or get another relationship so they can start all over again with the honeymoon stage. They present a pretense of happiness, but they're not happy. They're scrambling to figure out how to replace God with something else in their lives. Some Christians attempt to replace God with their jobs, with their children, with their cultural hobbies. Biff and Mabel use the ministry, though they did not see it that way, not initially. The ministry is a more sanitized solution and gives the perception of being right, but a marriage can still rot from the pulpit or the front row. The reason this was the case for Biff and Mabel was that they did not know how to have a triangulated relationship with each other and with God. Now, what might surprise you is how simple it is to have this kind of relationship with God and your spouse. The catch is that both partners must be willing to humble themselves to put forth the effort to love each other the way God intends. Many times my initial counsel to a couple like this is as, is as simple as praying together. I mean, that's it. The way I present this idea that it, to them, it, it goes like this. I've said this to many couples. Quote, I want you both to go home. And at some point today, I want you both to sit on your bed and hold hands and begin talking to God. Simple advice, but profoundly transforming. It is straightforward counsel, and if a couple chose to humble themselves, they would see God do remarkable things in their lives. What they would be doing is building a triangulated relationship between themselves and God. Because their problems are primarily matters of the heart, they must work on their issues at that level. Spiritual problems need more than partial or shallow solutions. One couple told me recently how they were counseled to mirror each other. Mirroring is a counseling technique where one spouse reflects back what the other spouse is saying to enhance their communication. They ended up arguing, and regrettably, as they were telling me about mirroring, they started arguing again. Now, the question is, why were they arguing? They were arguing because they don't like each other. There were layers of unforgiveness, bitterness, hurt, resentment, harshness, grudges, and disappointment in their lives. These are spiritual, heart-related issues. And so they were talking externally. They were using behavioral modification techniques, but underneath they had all of these problems. Now, communication techniques can help, but they will not resolve the problems until the couple addresses their spiritual issues. Unforgiveness, bitterness, hurt, resentment, Harshness, grudges, and disappointment can only be rooted out with the Spirit's intervention. This process means they must have God's solutions more than they need man-centered communication techniques. Until God implodes these spiritual problems, there will be no technique that will work for them. It'd be like trying to paint over a stain. It won't work. You have to remove the stain before you add the paint. The simple act of sitting on the bed, holding hands, and talking to God is a practical first step. It's not a total solution, 
but a practical first step in breaking the bondage that has been crippling their marriage. Think about what would be involved in doing this simple task. Let's unpack it for a moment. First, there's humility. The couple would have to humble themselves. Resisting pride is usually the hardest part for individuals. As they humble themselves before the Lord and each other, their sin will be exposed. It will take a lot of humility for them to sit on the edge of their bed and hold hands and start talking to God. But think about it. Humility opens the door to God's favor. Now, perhaps this would be really hard for both of you to do, to sit on the edge of the bed and hold hands and start praying together. It's a spiritually intimate process. It's a thing that you're doing that's spiritual. And humility or pride will get in the way. So in order to do this, you have to be humble, but humble sets the stage for everything else that's good. Next is transparency. Their humility will lead them toward openness. Being open and honest with each other will be new for the couple. It will feel mechanical. It will feel wooden. You may feel like you have a mouthful of marbles because it's not Biff and Mabel's habit. In the past, they were defending their positions. Now they're coming together in unity. And then there's vulnerability. Humble transparency has an element of weakness to it. Up to this point, the couple has been unwilling to let down their guards. Now they are laying their weapons down, and rather than seeking their interest, Biff and Mabel are trying to benefit or trying to benefit the other person. Rather than demanding personal rights, they are attempting to model the gospel. You begin to sense a tonal difference in their relationships. They sound differently and they talk differently. Humility, transparency, vulnerability are far different from their former punitive demands. And then there's intimacy. This simple act of prayer has another element to it. They're holding hands. This physical activity is an intimate act. Physical intimacy has been missing in their relationships. They are now willing to take baby steps with the hope of restoring not just the spiritual brokenness, but the physical brokenness as well. Much resentment can vanish with the touch of the hand. I recommend to couples that they practice holding or hand-holding as well as putting their arms around each other. It seems rare to me for couples in their 40s and beyond to hold hands or sit with their arms around each other and show public affection for each other. But there's one more element to this simple act of praying together. Yes, it's humility, it's transparency, it's vulnerability, it's intimacy, but it's the most crucial aspect of all. They are talking to God. Before they were talking to each other in aggravated tones, or maybe they were implementing the silent treatment. Now, rather than distancing themselves from each other and from God, they're choosing to build a threefold relationship together. In time, they can enjoy a spiritually dynamic relationship with each other and with God. Listen to these, this antithesis. I want you to listen to these words. Humility, transparency, vulnerability, intimacy, and prayer. Beautiful words. Now listen to these words and notice the difference. Demands, resentment, disappointment, unforgiveness, hurt. 
The first group of words sits upon a spiritually dynamic, triangulated relationship between God, a husband, and a wife. The second group of words is devoid of God while leaving the couple in a Darwinian survival of the fittest loser-leaves-town match. One of the best things a broken couple can do is to pray together actively. Praying together removes the walls that divide. As they begin to build their relationship with God and each other, they will be able to address some of the other problems in their marriage. And while this is the first step to a long journey, it's probably the hardest one of all. It takes a lot of humility for two stubborn people to set aside their disappointment for a higher good. If this is you, I appeal to you to take the steps that I'm laying out in this podcast and began rebuilding your marriage from the ground up. At some point today, I want you both to sit on your bed, hold hands, begin talking to God because your most perfect relationship will be when you, your spouse, and God become one. The title of this podcast is The Most Blessed Relationship Two People Can Have. I have three other articles here. I also have a short video that you can watch. And of course, you can always access us on our forums. You're probably going to need to talk more if we can help you, if we can be a third party. We'd love to come alongside you through this process. Reach out. Let us know what you need. Our joy is to serve you. Your Daily Drive is a production of rickthomas.net, a global community that is seeking to live more productive and inspiring lives. If you'd like to learn more about our community, please go to rickthomas.net, rickthomas.net.